Well, praise the Lord and God bless you today and welcome to the Tabernacle Delivery Sunday evening afternoon service, evening service rather. I'm Pastor Wells and I'm excited about what God is doing for us, with us, through us, in the midst of us, regardless of all the stuff that's going on around us today. And we all know there's a lot of stuff going on around us today. So I'm excited about what God is doing today. It's just exciting to see God is through performing his word, doing his word, blessing his people, making ways out of no ways for his people, regardless of what's going on around us in the world. Amen. I'm excited about that. Today, I want to uh, 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 finish up the, the, the message today on Never Alone, Never Alone Part 2. I want to finish up that message today on Never Alone because it's really important to understand you are never alone when you walk with God. You're never by yourself. And sometimes it may seem that way, but I'm going to tell you the truth. You are never alone when you serve God. Bow your head for a minute with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you. And on behalf of those that's with me here, oh God, and those that's watching, however they may be receiving this broadcast today, God, whether it's through the television broadcast, podcast, or I don't know, however they may receive it today. Ask that you touch every little soul and break every yoke in their life and meet the needs in their lives, oh God. Save, deliver, and make free. Find a hand of a strong man and give these people victory in their mind and in their lives. Oh God, let them know that they're never alone and that you'll be with them to the end of the age. In Jesus' name, amen. They got many songs today about never ever being alone and always in God's presence. But that's something you, the individual, have to want. You have to want to be in God's presence. You have to want God to be with you. You have to want him to fellowship with you. You have to want him to be there with you when everything falls apart. You have to want God to walk with you. You have to want God to talk with you. You got to want God to be with you. In the midst of all your storms, in the midst of all your troubles, in the midst of all of your cats. It's just something to think about that uh, God works with us as we work with him and as we live before him each day. It's really interesting how God moves in our behalf as we seek after him. As we seek after the Lord, we learn more about his greatness and his ability to perform for us. And that's true. And when you're thinking about never being alone, you're realizing that it really means that, that you're never alone. Your friends, your family, and everybody else around you may walk away from you, but when you really walk with God, God never leaves you. He said, I'll never leave you, don't forsake you, that I'll be with you to the end of the age. That's what the word of God said. Get your Bibles. And let's go to, uh, um, let's go to uh, Matthew 28. And let's talk about never alone. Matthew 28 and 20. People often uh, uh, run off the road and get discouraged when things don't go the way they anticipate in life. But life is not always going to go the way you want. Sometimes you're not paying attention, so you miss the boat. Matthew 28 and 20. 
Listen to what the scripture says. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and along with you always, to, even to the end of the world. Amen. Let me read it one more time. Teaching them to observe all, observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I discuss with you. Whatsoever I discuss with you, this is what the Lord was talking to the disciples to let him know that they needed to go, to let them know that they needed to tell the people whatever he commanded them, whatever he instructed them on, and but that they would never, 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 never be alone. They may be walking by themselves down the street, but they would never be alone. One of the most important things in this world is I constantly tell people, a lot of people are by themselves, but they're not alone. A lot of people walk up and down the street, you'll see them, but they're never alone. And then at nighttime, they'll see three shadows sometimes. They'll see the shadows because they're never alone. When you walk with God, when you walk on this earth, you're really never alone. That's something to think about. You're never actually alone, but you may be by yourself. You may be all alone on a highway driving down, but you're never alone. Either the enemy is meddling with you or God is trying to get your attention. Somebody is always around you. Someone, some force, some power is always around you. You're never alone. You're walking down the street and you got your cell phone in your pocket. You're never alone. You're a phone call away from anybody. GBS is tracking you. You're never alone. But Jesus was trying to get the disciples to understand something in this verse. That he wanted them to know that when they go out there and tell everybody what he's commanded them to do, regardless how discouraging it may look, that they would never be alone, that he would never leave them, that he would be them to the end of the age, the end of the world of their life. The Lord said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now, this is interesting. <laughs> the Lord said, he will never leave you or forsake you. He didn't say people will never leave you or forsake you. Did you hear that? He never said that people will leave you or forsake you. So when people leave you or forsake you, you get all bent out of shape and upset because people don't want to bother you with you no more. But sometimes it's better when people leave you or forsake you because you can move forward in your life. Sometimes no people be holding you back. They be holding you back from what God really wants to do in your life. You have to move forward for yourself in God and know that God is with you. You're not alone even if you're by yourself. Think about it. Many single individuals get discouraged because they get around married folks trying to tell them you need to get married. You need a woman in your life or you need a man in your life. The only man you need in your life is Jesus Christ. You don't need no woman. If God told you to be single. You don't need no woman. You don't need no man. If God told you to stay single. I had nothing wrong with being single. Because there's more dollars in your pocket. It's less stress. 
one mouth left mouth to feed. I'm just being realistic. But God hasn't called everybody to be married. Some people are called to remain single, and some people are happy single. Then you get some married folks coming along and say, boy, you need to get you a woman. You need to get you a wife. No, you need to tell them you need to find your business. God gave you six months to mind your business and six months to leave mine alone. I'm happy single, but I'm not alone. Never alone. I'm never alone because I got God is with me. Christ Jesus is with me. The Holy Ghost is with me. I have a comfort and a comfort me in the midst of my storm. I'm never alone. I'm never, never, never alone. You may be alone. You got to understand some people. People could be around people still alone. You could be around thousands of people still feel alone. Look at that verse. Look at that verse. It says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Even unto the end of the world, God will be with you. Even unto the end of your life, your last breath. God will be with you. You got a woman to be. You have to want God to be with you. No, 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 no. It's not just that God will be with you. No, no, no. You got to want to be a part of your life. You have to want God to be a part of your daily living. You have to want God to be a part of your daily actions and your daily thinking. You have to want him to be a part. You have to invite him in. He said, whosoever will, let him come along. Oh, I cast him out. He wants to be a part. That's why he never wants you to be alone. Some of us, we are alone because we choose to be. Sometimes we choose to be alone we choose to be alone. Because we won't take God as our partner, Christ as our savior, the Holy Ghost as our keeper. And we wind up by ourselves. Physically and spiritually. When we have Christ in our lives, we will never ever be alone. We may be physically by ourselves, but we will never be alone. Never. Never. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care how people try to discourage you that you're a single individual. I'm telling you, you will never be alone if you have Christ Jesus in your life. You'll never be alone. Build a relationship with God. You will never be alone. The thought comes to my mind, God used to come down in a cooler day and hang out with Abraham. Don't tell me nothing about being alone when God wants to come down in a cooler day. God wants to fellowship with you. God wants to talk with you. You will never be alone. That's man that wants you to be alone, not God. Let's move on. Let's go now to John 16, 32. Let's take a quick run over to John 16, 32. Look at that verse. I'm always reading from the King James Version. John 16, 32 said, Behold the hour cometh. Listen to this. Behold the hour cometh. Yeah, it is now that ye shall be scattered and every man to his own and every man to his own 
shall leave me alone, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Let me read it one more time. Behold now, the behold the hour is coming, yet now is come, that ye shall be scattered in every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. This is important. Jesus knew that the disciples would run when they came to arrest them. They know he, they already knew that they were going to desert them. They were going to desert them. They already knew that they were going to be left. They, they were going to leave them. They already knew this. He already knew that they were going to leave him. They already, he already knew that they were going to desert him. But he wanted them to know something. Y'all going to be scattered all over the place. Y'all going to leave me by myself in your sake. But in my sense, my father never leaves me. My father never will leave me. You heard him on the, on the cross say, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Because he took on the sins of the world. But the father never leaveth the son because the father loveth the son. And the son giveth the life that the world may be redeemed back to the father according to the scriptures. See, you got to get this right. According to the scriptures, Christ sacrificed himself. That we might be redeemed back to the Father through Him. It ain't the other way around. Father didn't sacrifice for His Son. The Son sacrificed Himself because it would be the best gift to give, the very best. Okay. So look at that verse one more time. Behold, the hour will come up, yeah, and it is now that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own. And shall leave me alone, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. This is how you gotta think. This is how you gotta live. I don't care if everybody knows about you. If everybody falls dead around you, know that God the Father is with you, and the Lord Jesus Christ is with you, and the Holy Ghost is abiding in you. That's just something to really look at, beloved. That's just something to think about, that God is really with you. It's not just a saying. It's just not a religious thought. It's a fact to know that God is really with you. It's something to think about, to know that God is really with you, beloved. To know that God is actually with you and that he is abiding with you in the midst of the storm. In the midst of your troubles, in the midst of your test, in the midst of you losing your job, you say, well, why not? Because God, people mean I lost my job. Why did he let me keep my job? Because God had something better to give you. God has something better. God has something better for you. That's where we make a mistake. All of us, all of us, all of us make a mistake to think that God has forgotten about us. God don't forget about none. He ain't like us. You will never, well, you will never ever understand God until you get Christ in your life. I don't care how much you read the Bible. 
I don't care how much theology you have. I don't care how much religious education you have. You will never understand God the Father. You will never truly understand the word of God until you accept Christ as your personal Savior because the written word is Jesus Christ. He is the living word. From Genesis to Revelation, it talks about God. It talks about the Son of God. It talks about who they are, why they wanted us to be saved, why they wanted to redeem us. It's all that. It's about choice. If you choose to be alone, that's your business. You see, being never alone is a choice. Being by yourself can become something that caused that to happen. But never being alone is your choice. I'll say it again. Being by yourself could have been caused by something that happened. Or your loved one, your husband, or your wife died, or your mother died, your brother died, your family died, whatever. That's because that happened. But never being alone is something that you could control. Never being alone is having God with you all the time. You can control that. that that's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Never alone is something you can control. I'm not talking about being by yourself. People cross them up and say that being by yourself and being alone is the same thing. It is not. It is not. It is not. My wife could be, a lot, be in the house by herself, but she's not alone. You know, she has God with her. When I go down the highway, I take God with me. He's invited on my journey, every, every journey, trust me. I take God on every journey I go on the highway. It's not a game to me. Not a game to me. This is life. What's that TV show? This is us. This is us. We live for God. And we want God as our partner. We want God to go with us so we can never, ever, ever, ever be alone. The enemy deceives people. Oh, the Bible ain't. The Bible was written by man, so, uh, you know, it, uh, uh, yeah, I know God ain't real. Hmm. You want to know something? I want to tell you a little secret people don't talk about. Before the Bible was written, before the Ten Commandments were written, God was there. Did you hear me? Moses had to go up in the mountain, listen to this, to get the Ten Commandments from God. Moses had to go up in the mountain. Before these 66 books were written. The before the book of Genesis and any other book that may have ever been written about God. Moses had to go up in the mountain and get the Ten Commandments. Am I right? Yeah, he had to go up in the mountain and get the Ten Commandments. So y'all talk about the Bible. The Bible was written by man. We know God ain't real. But the Ten Commandments was before. The Bible. God was before the Ten Commandments. 
Ah, y'all ain't hear me today. Amen, you can amen, never amen. be alone when you walk with God. Because he's real. God is real. No, not at me. Let me let whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back up one minute. God is a real based off a figment of your imagination. God is real based off God being self and self eternal. Not based off the figment of your imagination saying, I believe in God. Whether you believe in God or not, he's still here. That's not gonna that's not gonna change that. A lot of people say, Well, I don't believe in God, so it don't matter to me. It does matter to you. As long as God performs his word. It's going to matter to you. It's going to matter to you. Jesus wanted them to know regardless of what happened, his father would never leave him. Even though man walked away, the disciples ran away. They were scared because they had no power in the first place. Jesus was a walking power star. All the 70 disciples believed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were able to perform miracles and cast demons out of people. But the 12 apostles were a bunch of cowards. They had no juice. They had, this is it. Here's a good one for y'all. Educator, spiritual educated. The disciples had faith in the physical man, Jesus. But they didn't have faith in the authority of that man. I'll say it again. They had faith while they were around Jesus, the physical man, but they didn't have faith in the authority given to that physical man from his father. They had faith in who he was. They had faith in who he was there. Not who he was. When I go certain places, I want y'all to listen to this. When I go certain places, some people know me as Mr. Wells in business. Mr. Wells is coming. When I go into the hotel, blah, 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 I'll meet these people, X, Y, and Z, like I'm going on a business trip in the next few weeks. I'll be running, running, running on business. However, people know me as Pastor Wells in the spiritual church world, when they know Pastor Wells has come a godly man to serve, serve God, blah, blah, blah. He's real, real McCoy. But in business, so many people don't know me as a man of God. They just know me as a businessman. Two different things. Same person. And that's what happened with the disciples. The disciples only knew the man, Jesus. They didn't know the son of the God authority yet. They did not know it. That's why they couldn't perform miracles. But that over 70 disciples knew the authority of the man and wasn't around the man. Go figure. Go read the Bible. It's right there. Those other disciples who made the cast out that were themselves. And those very 12 that ate for them, stuck around and prayed for them, had no power. Hmm? Because they only knew the natural man. That's the method about that. They didn't know the living word. They didn't know the power and authority of this man. They didn't know that. They don't know the physical man. They didn't know the power invested him from his father. They didn't know he was the son of the living God, but the other 12, the, or 70 disciples knew. And he wasn't even around him. 
They just believed on him. They wasn't around him. They didn't hang out with him. Those 70 disciples knew of a surety. Guess what? That they were never alone. The 12 disciples, they were gone, boy. When Jesus got arrested, they were gone. They took off. They were scared. But the 70 disciples knew that they were never alone. And they knew the authority of the Son of the living God. It's a big difference. That's a revelation all by itself. The 70 knew the authority of that man. And those 12 disciples did not know it. That's why he asked them, who do you say that I am? He asked them, who do you say I am? I guarantee you he'd have to go to go find the 70 disciples and say, hey, you 70, who do you say I am? He didn't have to do that because he already knew that they knew for a fact that he was the son of the living God and demons were back up in his name. God would be changed in his name. And they wasn't even around. In fact, the 12 disciples were kind of upset when they found out some 70 other dudes running around preaching Jesus, delivering. Hmm. That's something to think about. That's something to think about. At this 70 that wasn't around the Lord 24 hours a day knew who he was and walked in his authority and knew that they were never alone. You can be around famous preachers all you want, but until you get around the world's most famous preacher of all times, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, you're still going to be alone. That's right. I was reading something that they said, uh, I think Muhammad Ali, or what, I think it was Muhammad Ali, or somebody, I think it was Muhammad Ali, they said there were more books written about him than Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have to laugh when I hear that one. Picture that. They've been writing about books about Jesus Christ since forever. And Muhammad Ali haven't even been around in 100 years yet. They've been writing about Jesus Christ in every language you could think of. Whether they said good stuff about him or bad stuff about him, they've been writing about him for a century. They wasn't writing about Muhammad Ali and nobody else for centuries. Buddha or nobody else has been recorded as much as the son of the living God. He is the most loved and most despised, the most hated individual of all time. And some of the church world make it their best. Call them fake. <laughs> Let's move on. We get to know that Jesus wasn't by himself. He knew his father was with him. Let's go now to Hosea chapter 4 real quick. Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 17. Listen to what it says. For eat from, eat from his joint to idols, let him alone. Eat from his joint to idols, let him alone. Eat from Backslidden, worshiping idols. Y'all worship television stars, right? See, it's one thing to watch a TV show, and now the idols. I'm not here. People say, "Oh, I love my idols." I love my idols. 
Y'all watched American Idol, Europe Idol, and all this other stuff. You're worshiping and idolized people. Thy sin before God. The Bible says, Thou shalt have no other God before me, for I am the Lord thy God of Israel. Him only should you worship. Bow your head. Let me pray for the TV broadcast. Father in Jesus' name, I just you touch every liberal soul under the sound of my voice watching this television broadcast now. Break every yoke in their life. Meet the needs in their life and let them know that you will be with them and you'll never leave them, that you'll be with them to the end of the age. In Jesus' name, amen. You can catch the rest of the broadcast on YouTube under the Tabernacle of the Liberty Corporate or Pastor Bernard as well. Okay, now listen. Look at that verse. Hosea 4, 17. Ephraim is joined to an idol that of Ephraim had walked away from God. Ephraim had backslid. He started idolizing stuff. He started idolizing idols. Idolizing clothes. Like we do today. I was looking at some uh, 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 thing. And then we talk about a man paid $1,200 for a pair of sneakers. And he's bragging about, look how much these sneakers cost. Look again. Look, he's idolizing the sneakers $1,200 after 90 days of winning on them. They're going to be one out. We worship money. We worship materialistic things. That's only temporal. Gold, silver, that stuff had to be purified before it could even be sold. And you want to go to heaven in your way. You want that goal to be nice and good looking. But you don't want to live right before God. You want that silver to be shiny and nice. But you don't want to clean up your life and live before God. And you've been around saying, I'm saved. Saved from what? When we walk with God, the Bible said, heaven therefore these uh, their promises daily beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness and the fear of God. This is something we got to do. The Bible said that we would never be alone if we allow Christ into our life. You got to allow Christ into your life. You never want to be alone. You walking down the street late at night. I remember when I was a young man. Oh, I'm still young. I'm not that old. Let's, let's fix that real quick. I remember when I was a teenager. Let's put it that way. When I was a teenager. I remember the mothers. I used to see mothers coming from church. And this is what they'd be like. They have their Bible under their arm and they walking down the street and they singing songs about God and praising God. They wasn't afraid to walk the street. Well, forget it, folks. Young folks are afraid. Just call themselves saved. They're afraid to walk down the street. They're afraid to get on the bus. They're afraid to get on the train. They ain't got no Holy Ghost power. They ain't got no sustaining power. And they're running around acting like God don't exist. But yet they go going to church singing, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. They don't love no God. You cannot love God and don't have his love in you. Oh, my gosh. You cannot love God and not have the love of God in you. I used to watch some of them mothers come home from church. They walked boldly because they had Holy Ghost power in their life. They knew that they were never alone when they walked in the street. They wasn't worried about no young dogs coming up mugging them. They were going to mug them with the Holy Ghost and power. They wasn't going to be running out saving me somebody. No. No. They had power with God. They walked with God. 
and they knew that they were never alone. They may have been walking down that street by themselves, but they knew of a surety that God was with them. Not today. Whether you're in a city or suburban, not today. They don't really realize God is real. Only when they get together with everybody in the church, they, they, they realize, oh, yeah. of God that to get together we put together our relationship with God more we walk with God more as we build a relationship with him I see the devil is trying to mess with my broadcast today but the devil is a liar we never gonna be long we always gonna have God on our side but we are winners in Christ Jesus look at that scripture look at that scripture one more time Hosea 4.17, God doesn't lie. Oh, man always lies. Man will always be lying about something to cover up his sin. He will always do dirt. He will always try to cross people up. Why? Because he lost already. People that's lost don't care about you. I don't know where the scripture just ran to. There you go. Look at that verse. Hosea 4, 17, one more time. Ephraim is joined to idols. Let them alone. You will be the one that God say that to. When you join the idols, we idolize everything. We idolize people. We idolize our jobs. We worship ourselves. We get in the mirror. We, oh, I'm the most beautiful thing around. Some of y'all might even say, man, man, on the wall, who's the most spiritual? Oh, come on, some dummies do that. And one day some demons talk back as you say, it ain't you. <laughs> I love that funny, be funny. This is the thing. Eat from worship idols. He backslid, walked away from God. He was determined they follow philosophers. They followed everything that God said he don't do. You think I'm joking? I'm not joking. It is the same thing today. People are following behind somebody instead of following God's word. They'll take that person's word above God's word, not even consulting God to see if God backs up his word. I keep telling people, if you want to know God is real, ask him. I did. You think I'm joking? I'm not joking. When I first got saved, I didn't know nothing about God. I was raised religiously, okay? I was there raised in a Methodist church. I got this in a Methodist church. My godfather was the pastor. And what happened was he never talked about being saved. So we didn't know nothing about being saved. We didn't know anything about being saved. But what happened is after I got saved, well, before I got saved, I didn't want it to do with the church. I didn't want to go to no church. For what? I ain't interested in that foolishness. That's how I felt. It's crazy stupidness. One day when I was a little boy, there was a church next uh, down, I think down a block from the children's church that I was going to. And those people were jumping up and down, having fun. They looked like they were excited, dancing and praising God and all that. I didn't know what they were doing. 
They were having church, and I'm peeking in trying to see what's going on. Didn't understand a thing. Of course, I couldn't go in there because I get my behind whip if I did. So I didn't want to be bothered no more. But I think when I was 14 or 15, I stopped going to church altogether, I think. I started partying with my friends. We would hang out all night long parties. That's right. I got to the point where I was partying two or three days long. Well, after a while, my mother put a stop to it. Crummy. I was having a good time, according to me. But however, one Sunday I went to a church, Marine Baptist Church in Brooklyn, New York. I never, I never forgot that Sunday. My friends took me there because the rules of the family house was that I was staying there when we party. They had to go church Sunday morning. I went to church that Sunday morning, and for some strange reason, I was looking for somebody. I wasn't looking for a living soul in that building, but that somebody was there, and I knew that they were there, and I was trying to find them. I didn't know who it was. I couldn't explain it. I was searching for this person. They were there. They had to be there. They were there. They were there. They were there. It didn't make no sense to me, but I kept looking for them. So I left the church. I think months later, I would then wind up in a youth service and I got saved. I'm gonna tell you something. I asked God. I want to know if God was real now. I didn't feel I'm I'm realistic. I'm truthful. I didn't feel no thunder lightning when I got saved. I ain't feel dirt. That's bad. I got saved, went back home where I was living the same way. I hid and changed. I didn't glow and none of that good stuff some people be saying. Now, but one day I was coming home and I said, God, I want to know if you're really real. I want to know if you're really real. I did. I wanted to know. I'm not going to lie to you. I wanted to know. Well, I'm going to tell you something. After I said that my heart almost, my heart almost jumped out of my body. God confirmed to me he was real. A little longer after that, I was coming home one night, and it was a, a family across the street, around the corner from my house, had a demon-possessed dog, and everybody in the block and around there knew it. That dog came charging after me. I want you to listen to this. I just got saved not too long, and I heard about there was power in the name of Jesus. That dog came charging after me. I was turned around with all authority in my body and power in my body. I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. That dog froze, looked at me, and turned around, and ran away from the name of Jesus. And then on, you couldn't tell me nothing that God wasn't real. You couldn't tell me that Jesus wasn't real, because I almost got attacked by a dog that would have ripped me to shrimps. I was a little puny thing, okay? That name alone has power in it. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you real quick. Oh, yeah, I told that testimony, and my brother-in-law laughed at me. He said, you're talking about some dogs are running you in the name of Jesus. Now, he was supposed to be saved. He said, what? Some dogs running you in the name of Jesus? Come on, Bernard. I've been telling you it really happened. He said, yeah, whatever. But one day, we was walking by a garage on Atlantic Avenue. And I knew the garage we was walking by. I already knew dogs were there. I'm telling him, let's go. And he walking. 
Them dogs, it was about 12 dogs. They came charging after. My brother Lord took off running off my line. He could run, he was gone. And I said, I'm not running. I said, I told you that they were. And I'm not taking it from this dog. I told him, I said, I rebuke everyone here in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, those dogs froze and made a U turn. Their power in the name of Jesus. Well, well, well. Here come brother-in-law now. He's gonna get up in church and testify. My brother-in-law, the real man of God. He rebuked those dogs and they ran in the name of Jesus. Woo! <laughs> that name is real. It wasn't in the name of God, but it was in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. You can't tell me Jesus isn't real. <laughs> Sorry, can't do that. Been there, done that, seen it. The name of the Son of God. Now, I just got through talking to you about the 70 disciples. They rebuked that spirit out of that person. People got healed, people got delivered, but yet they was not with Jesus. They wasn't around him the way the 12 disciples were. The 12 disciples were jealous. They were upset. Because these other 12, they're 70 turkeys rebuke the people of Jesus. They know what's going on, you know? Why are they using your name? He said that he that is against me. Hold it. You got to understand something and know that you're never alone with God. You got to get God in your life. To the point you know that he's real for you. I don't care what nobody else say. I don't care what nobody else do. I don't care if your mama don't like God. I don't care if your mama said, come God and God. You serve God. Oh, y'all hear me today. I don't care what nobody say. God is real. I may not have a cathedral. I may not have 10,000 people follow me. That don't mean nothing. As long as God doesn't leave me, I'm here okay. As long as God walks with you, as long as God be with you, you'll be okay. Never leaving you. <coughs> Never forsaking you. Staying with you to the end of the age, but that's not what Ephraim did. Ephraim walked away from God and started serving worthless idols. Many people in church, I want y'all to hear this. Many people before the pandemic outbreak only had church salvation. Skip religion, they only had church salvation. When a pandemic outbreak broke out, they lost their salvation because they couldn't go in the church building. They only had church building salvation. They didn't have salvation in the only name of the only Son of God. They have not received Jesus Christ. As they first say that, they have not allowed Christ to live through them. They only allow religious church salvation to live through them. Walking with God has nothing to do with impressing people. You hear that? Walking with God has nothing to do with oppressing people. 
that salvation has everything to do with impressing somebody. So you forget some prestige in that church organization. You got to outdo Sister Stone. You got to outsing. You want the lead song? You got to outsing everybody else. You want to be the head deacon? You got to outdo everybody else. You want the path to the lights? You got to do this. You got to do that. That's church salvation. That's not eternal salvation. Ephraim backslid. That's why God said Ephraim let him alone because he went after idols, serving materialistic things, serving people and not God. <laughs> serving people and things. Uh, oh my gosh. We worship our child. We worship our wife. We worship our clothes. We just some foolish behind people. Materialistic things. Your clothes could, could be morphine. Your car could rust. Your wife could die. Your money could be eaten off. Please. Ephraim. Worship idols. Ephraim walked away from God and God said, leave him alone. There's a coming time of God going to say, leave your behind alone. God will tell you that after a while. You think God going to play some flunky game with you? You think God's going to be your flunky? It don't work like that. God is not like us. You can live a life you never alone when you have God walking with you. You can be by yourself and never alone. I'm not afraid to walk anywhere. I got where I got. I go where I. I never forget a story. While I was down in Georgia with my brother-in-law, we were going out giving out tracts and stuff, and um, some of the people were, in the area we went were really truly demon possessed. You really don't want to go over there. Some of them look scary. That will, I mean, make you run. Some of them will make you run. One was saying, come on in. The house looked like one of the houses. Those, those houses in the horror shows. You ain't going in there. Come on in. No. <laughs> Regardless how dangerous, scary physically it looked, I knew that God was with me and I wasn't backing down. When I first started pastoring, I experienced an experience like that that changed my life forever. There was a man in the town of, in where I first pastored. Everybody knew him but me. And every all the preachers, and what I was told later, were scared to death of him. All of them. All of them. I don't care what denomination they came from. They were scared of him because the man was really demon-possessed. And I didn't know. I'm, one, I'm what, what you call a lamb to the slaughter. That's, I always consider myself that because I'm going to go wherever God's saying. I just say, I'm just started to protect me. So one night he came in the church. The administrator of church, everybody got scared when he walked in the building. The man had what you call real claws. Did you hear what I said? Real claws. I mean, I'm not talking about no finger, no. The man had real claws. And he was growling. I looked at that man. In my flesh, yeah, 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 in my flesh. I was getting a little scared in the flesh. But my spiritual man told me, shut up and sit down in Jesus' name. That man sat down. According to what I was told after by some of the people there, they say I was the very first preacher ever to lay hands on him. I'm not taking, I'm not running from no demon spirit. They're going to jump to somebody else. I laid hands on the preacher. 
I seen him in the street one day when I was growing up. This man was wilding around the street and the police was afraid to touch him. Now, there's the police with guns and billy clubs. They were scared because he had a reputation of being demon-possessed. That man knew the God in me didn't play. He was afraid of Pastor Wills, but not. he could care less about me because he was demon-possessed. But it was the God in me that terrified him. Not me. I'm not making that up. That really happened. You cannot be joined to idols and expect never to be alone. God will not walk with you. He will not walk with you. He will not talk with you. He will not fellowship with you. You have to make up in your mind, I'm going to walk with God. I don't know everything, but I want to know everything that I need to know to walk with God. Because I don't ever want to be alone. Young women need to get a hold on God. You hear me? All these psychos running around. I don't care. Listen to me. I know I was raised in a church where women should wear skirts and dresses and stuff. I don't care if you wear the longest dress down and your tippy toes walking on it. If the man got a lust spirit on you, in him, he's still going to lust after him. Just like if you had the tightest pair of jeans on, okay? He's going to still lust after you. If he got a lust spirit in him, he's still going to be lusting, wishing he had you. And some of them suckers are trying to attack you. You need to have God in your life. You need to have the keeping power of Jesus Christ in your life and know the power of the blood of Jesus to rebuke the devil. The Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You've got to get God on the inside. Y'all want the money in your checking account, but y'all ain't got God on the inside. Never alone. Your money may run out, but if you got God, you'll never go broke. Oh, you didn't hear that, did you? I'll say it again. Your money may run out. But if you got God in your life, you'll never go broke. I don't care what man say. Man's always going to say something. Let's move on. Let's go to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. This looks like a third three-part series. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, verse 14. Matthew chapter 15, verse 15 says, Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. If the blind lead the blind, they what? They both fall in a ditch. Let's read it again. Matthew 14, 15 and 14 says, Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind, if the blind need the blind, they both fall in the ditch. Have you ever seen a blind man drive a car? Have you ever seen a blind man drive a car? No. Have any of y'all ever seen a blind man drive a car? Um, if you did, I hope you wasn't on the road with him. <laughs> I remember years ago with Stevie Wonder, or either with Stevie Wonder or Ray Charles, one of them. Some doctor said he was going to find, he was going to make a way for them to be able to see and be able to drive. They said, no, thank you. <laughs> they said, no, thank you. Then they were talking about coming out of a way for blind people to drive. And all the blind people were saying, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> the blind. 
to think about the blind. People walk up and down blind every day. They got naturalized, but cannot see spiritual. They got big, beautiful, blonde, brown, black, blue eyes. I ain't never seen no real orange eye. They put them uh, uh, contacts in the eye to get them on the phone. But they walk around every day blind and alone without God. We got spiritual leaders, pastors, apostles, bishops. They got priests. They got uh, 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 rabbis. And now the works blind. And they leading people. Blind. The Bible says the blind is the blind. They both fall in the ditch. Alone. With nobody to pull them out. The blind is the blind. They both fall in the ditch. You got to understand what God is saying here. They both fall in the ditch and there's nobody to pull them out. Blind leaders lead a lot of people. Leaders lead people. Oh, y'all not hearing me. Leaders lead people. Some of them need hundreds, some of them need thousands, some of them need hundreds of thousands, some of them need millions. The ditch is big. All right, let's go on somewhere else. Listen to this. The Bible says hell has enlarged herself. The blind lead the blind. They both fall in the ditch, and the ditch is very big. That's what that scripture says. The blind needs the blind. Did you hear that? The blind needs the blind. And everybody falls in the ditch. Why? Why? Because everybody is alone. They follow the leader. That's alone. When you follow a leader that's alone and don't have God in their life, you are going to be misled. You're going to fall in the ditch. It's a, it's a fact. That's not a theory. They told people when Jim Jones was alive. Many people followed him, only a few survived. And then people, after all those people died with him, people said, how could he do this? How could he do this? It was simple. The scripture says, Blind leaders, blind leaders. He was blind. He could not see. He had two eyes in his head. He had two ears. And he had a mouth. But his eyes could not see. His ears could not hear. Nor can he speak the truth because the truth wasn't in him. Now, it wasn't all his fault. You say, what? But he poisoned those people. It wasn't all his fault. I'll prove it. Some people, God got a hold of them and told them to get out of there. Find a way out of here now. And some got out. The blind. Lead the block, they would not stop following him. And he knew that. The devil held him wound up pretty good. They were alone with a madman. 
They weren't alone with God. They weren't alone with a man of God. They were alone with a demon-possessed man that was spiritually blind. He had no spiritual insight what he was doing that God wasn't in it. He who did it in the name of God. And blind people find leaders like that. You had the guy, Harold Campion, here in New York, that was telling everybody a few years ago, uh, several years ago, that Jesus was going to meet them in Coney Island. I met I met one of the people that was supposed to be meeting Jesus in Coney Island. I told him, son, Jesus ain't meet nobody in no nasty Coney Island. I was raised in Brooklyn. Ain't nobody, Jesus ain't meet nobody in no nasty Coney Island. Like these young people, these are young, I'm talking about young people found not just old, not old grandmother, grandfather. I'm talking about young people in the early 20s that follow this man. The Bible said, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. Many people had testified that they had it and found that they didn't have it. You got to search God's word for yourself. The blind. Leading people. It's really something to think about. Well, today, today is October 9th, 2022. Not October 9th, 1934. You say, why am I saying that? I'll say it again. Today is October 9th. 2022, not October 9th, 1934. Why am I saying it? You don't know. You ain't figuring it out. The blind lead the blind. They both fall in the ditch, right? Okay. Today, we have Twitter. We have YouTube. We have Instagram. We have Facebook. We got Google. We got Bing. We got MSN. We got I don't know how many international search engines we have. We have no excuse for not knowing who God is. We're inexcusable. And the Bible talks about us. The Bible talks about us being inexcusable. That no man would escape. No man would escape this judgment. Because we would be that generation that would be inexcusable, that we had all the tools. We got smart watches, uh, 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 Google glasses. We got tablets. We got, oh, some of them got two phones and, and seven. Oh, my gosh. We got tablets, laptops, desktops. We got it all. We need to go online in our cars now. Oh, yes, we can. We can YouTube in our cars now. We can Instagram it our cards now. We can do it all. We are that generation that God is talking about. We are that generation of people that God is talking about that's going to be inexcusable because we have no skills not to session out. Never alone. You don't have to ever be alone. You don't have to ever be by yourself spiritually, but you can be by yourself then. People want. People want to be happy. You know what? People want to be happy. I want to be happy. 
People want to be at peace. People want to be in safety. You will never, ever be fulfilled in your life without God truly being in your life. I don't care how much success you have. I don't care how much money you obtain. People are afraid to go outside. They're afraid to walk out in the street. They're afraid to go in their car by themselves. They need somebody to go with them all the time. I like to take my wife with me when I go on road trips. I like her to drive sometimes because she, I call her highway girl. She get on the highway, keep on driving. Me, I, I like to stop at all the rest stops, play video games, or eat all kind of crazy stuff. My wife ain't having that. She's going where she got to go. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But I'm never alone. I know that God is real and that God is with me. And the main thing is that I build my walk with God on a daily basis. It's not just reading your Bible. It's not just going to church and not praying. It's the life you live before God according to the scripture, not your thinking. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. They crossed that up. They thought that the Lord was talking about just money. God wants you to be rich. <laughs> the Bible said, uh, the wicked riches are, lay are laid up for the righteous. Well, that's what the scripture said. The Bible also says money is a defense. Are you using money to defend you legally? <laughs> I could go on. People say, some church folks used to say, money is, money is wicked. Money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money. That's why many preachers are going to be lost. It's the love of money. Never alone. How do you want to live? Do you want to live by yourself and alone? Or you want to live by yourself and never be alone? That's something to think about. Live by yourself and alone. Or live by yourself and never be alone. Take Jesus for your partner. Man's extremity is God's opportunity. And what the doctor cannot do is just right for God. That's why he's God. Have you ever heard doctors say, well, one thing I tell you is uh, 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 you need a miracle. Well, there's a miracle working God. He still exists. He's still on his throne. One of the best things about that is knowing that you have Live a life on this life, but never, ever be alone. Simple message, same truth. Oh, let's talk about truth just before we end. Listen to this. I've been telling people something. I sat down with someone not too long ago, and I said this, and this, and I'll say it again. Truth, listen to this. I want you to understand this. Truth does not have uh, any emotions to it. It does not have any feelings to it. I'll say it again. Truth does not have any emotions to it. It doesn't have any feelings. It's just the solid truth. 
It is us that respond to the truth. We respond emotionally and mentally to what we hear about the truth. Here's a perfect example. You go for a job interview and they look on your resume and they truthfully tell you, you're not qualified. I'm not talking about racism. I'm not talking about sexism. I'm talking about qualifications. They look on your resume and simply say, I'm sorry, but you don't have the qualification for the job. You get all bent out of shape and mad. This ain't racism. This is sexism. But you don't have the qualifications. You can call it anything you want. But your emotions have affected you from the truth. Oh, women. A man is in love with a woman called one-sided love, one-sided relationship. And she said, Charlie, I don't like you that way. Yes, you do. I know you do. I don't like you and I don't love you that way. I consider you as a friend. But if you're going to mess things up, I'm not going to be bothered if you have a friend either. That's the truth. I had somebody do that to me many years ago. There was a sister that was, she was a friend of mine. Somebody talked to her. <laughs> and she came to me one day out of the blue. And said, Bernard, how do you feel about me? I looked at her kind of funny. I didn't understand the question. How is she going to ask me? We've been together all these years. How are you going to ask me how I feel about you? I'm trying to figure out why she was saying it. I said, what do you mean? And it clicked with me. I said, wait a minute. I don't know what foolishness no anybody been telling you, but you know, we're friends. That's all we're going to be friends. And I left her that day. Now, if she came back to me and asked that again, she would have got blasted away and I would have left her alone. Because I, she's a friend. I wasn't uh, 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 romantically involved in her. We were two crazy characters. I wasn't romantically involved in her. She let somebody talk some nonsense into your head. In her head. So you got to be careful. This is the closing part of part two of Never Alone. Next week, we'll finish it up, Lord Willen. But think about this, beloved. Do you really want to be by yourself and alone or around a whole lot of people and still alone? It's just something to think about. Around a lot of people and all alone. For those of you that know the Lord as your personal Savior, let's pray. Let's get Christ in your life. And never be alone. You be by yourself. Of course. You have to be around people all the time. Sometimes you don't want to be around them all the time. Let's pray. Now, bow your head, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and my life and be my personal savior. Give me a witness in my life that I'll never be alone as long as I trust you and walk with you. I thank you for dying on the cross of Calvary and rising on the third day for me. I thank you for saving me and being my Lord and my personal savior in Jesus name, amen. Now, Father, in Jesus name, I ask you to touch every liberal soul that just accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that you encourage their heart, move in their spirit, and encourage them to walk with the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, we have Bible study on Wednesday night, 8.15, and then we back here on Sunday at 5.15 p.m.
Listen, you can visit our website, the Tabernacle of Deliverance, the or Tabernacle of Deliverance, that's www.tabernacleofdeliveranceinc.org. And you can leave a prayer request, a testimony, or become a partner, or you can actually write to us. Yes, we have a uh, real, we're not just online. You can write to us at the Tabernacle of Deliverance Incorporated, P.O. Box 535, West Haverstraw, New York, 10993. That's the Tabernacle of Deliverance Incorporated, P.O. Box 535, West Haverstraw, New York, 10993. Until next week, God bless you and walk with God.